With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Who remembers some of the great scenes from Upton Park circa 2003? Well, Kill has got the better of Ferdinand. He's in for number two here for the Socceroos. Harry Kill. It gets better and better for Australia. And he's been threatening that throughout the half. He's embarrassed a former clubmate in Rio, Ferdinand. And Sven Joran Eriksson has got some hard thinking to do. Just had to remind myself this morning how good the highlights were of this game. Harry Kuehl with the second of three goals that night for Frank Farina's Socceroos. Alex Brosk, as we welcome you in, thanks very much for joining us back here on SEN. Nah, no problem. How good was it hearing that uh, that old footage of Harry Kuehl and the boys doing that job? It was amazing. Now, you were, I had to have a look. You were 20, I think, at the time, and you might have even been in the national under-20 squad at that stage, were you? In the yeah, under twenties and the Olympic squad around then, but uh, mate, as proud as anybody watching that. I mean, it, the boys uh, against England, a stacked England team with David Beckham, Ferdinand, the, uh, Wayne Rooney making his debut. And, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone expected what uh, what happened that night. Yep, Sven Goran Eriksson, the manager, and Frank Lampard was running around as well. There were big names everywhere. But for this weekend, anyway, Alex, a sold out Wembley. So one of the world's great stadiums, isn't it? And I think the first time the Aussies will play there. Look, it's incredible. I think uh, even Arnie's mentioned about how, how special and, and how excited he is about being there. So for the players who get to walk out onto that pitch uh, in front of 90,000 screaming Englishmen will be uh, such a great uh, occasion for them and, and moment. But, you know, I love seeing the images of, of, of who's hitting coming into camp, Ange Postacoglu as well, and, and talking to these boys about you know, what it's like being an Aussie overseas and, and, and how much harder it is for them and, and how much harder they need to work and to, not to take this moment for granted, you know, to, to enjoy it but understand that, you know, we, we fight harder than, than most of the rest of the world and, and that's what separates us, I think, at times. So I think the boys will be absolutely fired up and, and uh, I can't wait to get up and watch it. Yeah, well, indeed. So just on that, 5.30, the coverage starts uh, from Wembley, Channel 10, 10 play and Paramount Plus. Just the squad that Arnie's named here, Alex. So I had to have a look through it. The return for the first time in, I think, more than four years. He's now 31. How quickly did that happen? Massimo Luongo's back. Yeah, he is, and it's so good to see. Um, yeah, it's been four years since he uh, last put on a, a jersey or was in camp with the Socceroos. So to see him back and um, look, the reason behind it, obviously he's informed, so there's, that, that's uh, very important. But I think the experience that he gives the the boys, you know, and he mentioned in the last um, the last camp that he took a couple of players off and, and we missed that leadership in, in the squad. And he's someone who can provide that, as well as obviously the quality you know, in that midfield, you know, when you when you talk about um, the likes of Rogic not being there anymore and Aaron Moy, we need somebody like a Luongo who can come in and create and be that, um, you know, that imposing figure that, um, that we probably miss without those other two boys. So I, I'm excited to see him back as well. Now, it's a maiden selection for Lewis Miller, the fullback out of uh, Hibernian. He plays his club football for. Can you educate us at all on Lewis? Because I've got my hand up, Alex. I'm not overly familiar. What does he bring? 
Look, what he brings is he's a right back and he just brings physicality. He played here with the Mariners under Nick Montgomery and, and, and they've been reunited at Hibs in Scotland. And um, look, the physicality, he's a big boy, strong boy. He, he's got great engines. He gets up and down. And, and what everything you expect and, and need in, in the modern day sort of wing backs. And um, look, I think that position as well, the, the right back position, Arnie's tried a few boys there and no one's really grabbed at that position. Um, you know, and I think someone like Lewis Miller, who, you know, I, I think Monty's mentioned to him, consistency, playing at that level consistently well, that that's the key for him. But if he does well, and look, I don't know if throwing him into, a, a you know, the cauldron of Wembley in front of 9,000 people is uh, is what Arnie will do straight away. But why not? You know, I guess if mm. you, you want to see if a kid can, can handle those uh, high-pressure situations and they don't come much bigger. So, I look, I'm excited to see him as well because I think, you know, with his physicality and, 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 you know, engines that he has and quality, of course, on the ball as well, I think he can be a real asset to the uh, Socceroos. Speaking to uh, former Sydney FC captain, of course, and now with Channel 10, uh, Alex Brosk. Alex, uh, Middlesbrough confirmed Riley McGree, unfortunately, just uh, isn't good to go. He's got an injury. He's been replaced by Aidan O'Neill. So he's going to miss the New Zealand game as well. Just this, uh, he's no good to go in this window. No, that's right. And look, that, that will happen along the way. We've got the Asian Cup coming up soon and, and a couple more windows for Arnie to get that squad going. But we know what Riley can provide and Aiden coming back in. Um, look, he, he's uh, look another quality player. So I think Arnie's sort of spoiled at the moment in that area. You've got um, Callum Newenhoff, who's doing well as well um, overseas that, that isn't in this squad and, and, you know, pushing to be. So Arnie's got a lot of depth in that uh, midfield and, and striker area. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's up to the boys now. Sam Silvera is another young player we saw do so well for the Mariners last year. Hopefully he gets more game time. Martin Boyle starting to come back into into form. So, look, uh, uh, positives for Arnie. And, again, just a, a real exciting occasion. And uh, it, it is a bit early, 5.45, I mean, for most <laughs> of us. But... It'll be exciting to get up for that one. Oh, you'll get up no problem. So uh, just a, a more broad look at the squad and where we're at, I suppose, internationally speaking here, Alex. So just with this squad, 11 players have had less than 10 caps. There's five or six players that have had between 11 and 20 caps. So it's quite an inexperienced qu- uh, squad off the back of, a, obviously, an uber-successful World Cup and heading into the Asian Cup. So where do you think we're at in terms of a, a transition of sorts that's taking place? Look, I, I like where we're at. I think we've got a lot of players that have started. I think something we were struggling with was seeing players playing overseas in, in recent years. And our national team struggled um, because of it. You know, we, we when you look back at that golden generation of the team that beat England, I yeah. mean, we had players playing at Liverpool, uh, Everton, in Spain, in the biggest leagues in the world. And, and we haven't had that since. So I think... A lot of boys, young boys, have been going overseas in the past 12, 24 months, which is starting to help that, you know, because I think from, you know, your Scotland's and your smaller European leagues, that's where, you, that's where you're in the shop window and you start getting those moves to bigger leagues and bigger clubs around the world. So I think we're in a good position. I think for me, the next World Cup, we, we had an amazing last World Cup and um, I think we're just going to keep building off that. I think these boys are doing so well overseas at the moment. We've got so many of them over there that, it's only a matter of time before we start seeing them in your Serie A, Bundesliga, Premier League, mm. um, and, and in much bigger clubs. So I like where we're at. The Asian Cup will test us, and, and going into it as one of the favourites will be good for this young squad. But I, I really like the squad that Arnie has been building. 
Um, and the depth that he's starting to provide as well. Geez, I also want to say, just as an aside, uh, Alex, I, I hope we really pack the away end over there tomorrow morning because re-watching that game from Upton Park, geez, they, the expats and the Aussies travelling over there, they came from everywhere at <laughs> the, the away end. So of course they did. And look, it, it, it's just as big for, for everybody watching, you know. I mean, that rivalry's there. It's not as big as, say, your cricket and rugby league and things, the Australian-English rivalry, but... I'm sure it is now after we beat them. They, they still can't, keep, uh, can't stop talking about it, the English. So, mm. uh, look, they'll be wanting to, uh, to get one over us, no doubt. And, and there'll be the Australians that are there in that crowd will be in full voice because, uh, for one, it, it, it'll be a proud moment, you know, seeing these boys go up against some of the best names in the world, Harry Kane, Jude Bellingham, absolute superstars. Um, but to pull off a shock as well would be something else. So domestically, there's a real buzz around the A-League, obviously returning. Central Coast champions in the men, Sydney FC in the women. And the women, I think, Alex, get the dance floor to themselves. Uh, they start this weekend, a week before the men. I think is this the first, I think it's the first time they've done that, isn't it? It would be, yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's great off the back of the Matildas and, and them taking the whole country by storm and the fact that there's uh, so many uh, Matildas playing in our A-League women here is is. We'll see if we get him back. Yeah. Oh, there he is. You're back. We just dropped. We just Sorry. lost out there for oh, a second, my... Alex. But you're back. Ah, right, right, right. Okay. So look, just yeah, covering on uh, the the girl, the success that the Matildas had, and the fact we've got so many of of them playing here in the A League women is is great for the fans to go out and uh, and see them and, and allow the girls to have the you know the the, the floor to themselves this weekend. And I'm sure we will see some good numbers and good crowds. And again, the the fact. That, just having the A-League starting back up again. It's been a, a quiet couple of weeks of sport, so good to have the A-Leagues back. And it has taken pretty much the entirety of the uh, the off-season for me to process that extraordinary grand final in the men's. I've got to say, City the benchmark for so much of the season. They finished well clear on top, only to cop a 6-1 belting in the grand final, Alex, admittedly by the team who finished uh, the season second in the Mariners, but that was an extraordinary uh, climax to the season. Every time I look at it, I, the score and, and when I'm starting to do my research for next year, next season, I, I still can't believe it, uh, how it all came together, but how it all disraveled as well, or unraveled for uh, for the Melbourne City squad. It was uh, incredible, something no one saw coming, um, but a great result for Monty and his side. Look, I, I do think with them having lost a few players next year, it's going to be difficult for them to rebuild so quickly. But Melbourne City, I mean, how do, how, how do they shake that off and get back to uh, the heights of, of, you know, a team that won three premierships in a row? It's, um, yeah, it's exciting. I think this year is probably the, the season where it's um, it's up for grabs for anybody, I think. You know, I look across the league and, and a lot of teams have strengthened. A lot of teams that were up there are, are, are probably not as strong anymore. So exciting to see them uh, work each other out and, and how it all uh, starts to unravel in the first couple of weeks. So notionally, I guess the Mariners would therefore be the team to beat. But do you see it like that? Or do you see, you know, City going one better and, and, and finishing off how they how they probably should have in the eyes of many done last campaign? Or have you got a bolter for us? Oh, look, it's hard to, to pick. Uh, for me, you can only go off really squads at the moment, you know. So I've been wrong so many times. It's not funny when I do my pre-season predictions. But... Uh, that's all we've got to go off at the moment. So, uh, look, I think the Mariners, uh, like I said, they've lost Monty, and he was the heart and soul of everything they did and, 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 and how that squad came together last year. I, I, for one, I didn't even pick them to make the set the finals last year. They went on and did what they did. So, uh, I think them having lost Monty and having lost your Sammy Silveras and Cummings, the guys who really drove them, I don't see them as the team to beat. Uh, for me, 
and this may sound a little bit biased, but Sydney coming off the Australia Cup win, uh, the depth, the young players they're starting to bring through this season has them up there. The Wanderers, I like what I saw from them in the Cup as well. They've got a new Swedish striker who will complement Borello, who was scoring for fun last year as well. So, And victory. I mean, they, they were very poor last year. Came second last and, and just a really, really bad season. And they rarely do that two years in a row. So under Popper, I expect them to bounce back as well. But look, they are probably the, the main three, which, uh, which I'm expecting to do well. And, and Melbourne City, as well, off, off the back of a 6-1 grand final hiding, they've got to respond, you know. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, those two Sydney clubs, Sydney Wanderers, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City are, are my early picks anyway. And I thought you would have known by now, Alex. I only ask you to get the crystal ball out and do those predictions so they can tell you how wrong you are several <laughs> <Exactly>. months off. <laughs> hey, mate, great to talk to you. I really can't wait for tomorrow morning uh, and all the all the scenes from Wembley and then obviously the Wednesday after the clash against uh, New Zealand as well. Uh, you'll get up no problems, mate. Enjoy it. I hope it goes our way and appreciate your expertise, all things A-League as well. Thanks. It'll be fun, mate.